Heavenly Father, we thank you um, just for uh, this rainy Sunday morning, uh, Lord, that quite frankly is pretty good fishing weather. Um, and uh, so we just, uh, we thank you for this weather that, that kind of calls to mind uh, this story, kind of connects us in a very real way uh, to this story. And as we have been journeying through uh, these stories of, of the disciples and their encounters with the risen Christ these last several weeks. Lord, would you just provide uh, the same for us this morning? Uh, Lord, would, would you just help us to encounter Jesus uh, through your word? And so would you just now uh, speak into our hearts through the power of your Holy Spirit? Lord, would you fill us up and send us out? In Jesus' name this morning, and it's in His name we pray these things, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Uh, Well, we are uh, in week uh, three of a series called uh, Game Changers, um, where we've been looking at each instance uh, in the Gospel of John where Jesus appears to His disciples after His resurrection. Um, We're eventually going to be leading up to His ascension in Pentecost uh, in the book of Acts, so that's kind of where we're headed. Um, in each account that we're, we're going to be looking at throughout this series, we're going to find that when Jesus shows up, he changes everything about the situation at hand and the same today. Um, and uh, in the first week of uh, this series, we learned that when Jesus shows up, he shows up fear. Uh, we talked about the story of, of Jesus' appearance to his disciples uh, in the upper room on the night of the first Easter Uh, And then last week we learned that when Jesus shows up, he shows up doubt. Uh, We talked about the story of doubting Thomas. Um, And this week we're going to learn that when Jesus shows up, he shows up futility. Um, And to do that, uh, we're going to be looking at the story of the last breakfast. Now, I'm sure you've all heard of the last supper, but I bet you didn't know there was a last breakfast, did you? Um, So uh, the story of the last breakfast takes place... Uh, with Peter and uh, six other disciples uh, on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee and near Capernaum, uh, which was the hometown of uh, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Um, Now, the last two stories took place in Jerusalem. Um, So you might be wondering, well, why why are Jesus' disciples in Galilee all of a sudden? Uh, But actually, in Matthew chapter 28, we see that Jesus told the disciples to meet him uh, in Galilee. Uh, on the day that he rose from the dead. Uh, so his disciples eventually headed to Galilee uh, out of obedience to, to Jesus' command. Uh, but even though they were obeying that command, uh, there was still kind of this, this undercurrent of wandering um, because his disciples still remembered uh, what had happened when Jesus went to the cross. Of course, as we've mentioned in, in previous weeks, almost all of the disciples had deserted Jesus Uh, when he was arrested. Um, And in the face of their wandering, uh, of their failure, they uh, needed to be set back on a path uh, that would carry them through the difficulties uh, that lay ahead in their ministry after Jesus would ascend to the Father and send the Holy Spirit upon them. They, They go through some tough stuff, and Jesus needed to show up and kind of point them back in the right direction. So, so Jesus appears to his disciples personally, uh, both to challenge them and encourage them. Um, you know, because these guys were most likely uh, pretty depressed in condemning themselves uh, for their failure when Jesus was arrested. 
Uh, but instead of, of showing up and, and, and beating them over the head for their failure, Jesus kind of gently teaches them uh, where wandering from him will get them. And it's the same place that, that wandering from Jesus gets us. Uh, it, it leads to a life of futility and purposelessness. Futility and purposelessness. You know, I look around at a lot of people in 2019, and if I could use one word uh, to describe so many people I see, it would just be tired. Uh, you know, so, so many people today are just worn out, stressed out, you know, burning the candle at both ends. Um, and I, I think in, in most cases, it's because deep down, you know, people are longing for, for purpose in their lives. You know, they, they want their lives to, to matter, you know, to mean something. And, and so they, they try to find uh, purpose in work. They try to find purpose in their kids' activities, maybe in a, a side hustle or in upgrading their belongings, whether it's a, a house, a car, or otherwise. Right? People try to find purpose in a lot of different places. Um, and, and all this chasing after purpose uh, simply you know, leaves them feeling exhausted worn out and, and tired because the, the harder they, they chase after whatever it is that they're trying to find purpose in, um, the, the more it seems there is to chase after. And even if they arrive, uh, so to speak, uh, they might find that there's not nearly as much there uh, as they thought there was. Uh, King Solomon um, actually observed this in his own life. Um, and he wrote about it in the book of Ecclesiastes. And here's what he had to say uh, about his own experience with this feeling of purposelessness. And, and he, by all intents and purposes, had arrived, right? I mean, he had he achieved so much in his lifetime. He made it to the top. And here's what he had to say. Listen to this. Meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from their labors at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the north and turns to the south. Round and round it goes, uh, and uh, ever returning on its course. All the streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, right? Everybody's tired. More than one can say, the eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. Wow. Well, thanks for that uplifting message, King Solomon. Uh, but, but whether we care to admit it or not, you know, there's a lot of truth in those words. Because what he is describing is human striving after purpose, and in particular, human striving after purpose apart from Jesus, since these words, of course, were written before Jesus is coming. And, and, and what does striving after purpose look like apart from Jesus? Nothing more than futility, vanity, and, and meaninglessness, right? We can, we can chase rabbit trails all the way to the end, arrive at the top, and find there's nothing there. All of these things that we try to place stock in, find purpose in, you chase it to the top and you realize, wow, it's an empty pursuit. So, this is exactly what we find Jesus teaching his disciples in our reading for this morning. 
So Jesus had told his disciples to meet him in Galilee, and they go, um, and, and while they're there, Peter decides to go fishing. Um, now, being that Capernaum was the hometown of, of Peter, James, and John, the three in this story, um, and uh, all of those three were former fishermen, they would have had access to a boat. Uh, so Peter rounds up a few of his other buddies, and off they go. Uh, now, we don't know why Peter decided to go fishing, um, you know, it's possible that, that Peter was just getting impatient, you know, waiting for Jesus to, to, to show up, right? Uh, he had told him to go to Galilee, and, you know, maybe he's just kind of getting bored sitting around waiting for Jesus to show up, and so he decides to go out. Uh, but it's also possible that maybe they, they just happened to have access to a boat, and they were hungry, so they decided to go fishing. Or, or maybe they just wanted to go out for, for old times' sake, right? Relive some, some old times on the fishing boat. Um, so, uh, you know, some people think that, that in deciding to go fishing, uh, Peter was abandoning uh, his calling as a disciple. Uh, and personally, I think, you know, it's impossible to know that based on the information in the story. But I do think it's significant that in passing the time waiting for Jesus, Peter went back to the life he knew before Jesus called him. Fishing for fish instead of fishing for people. And so Jesus uses this experience to, to remind him and the other disciples with him of what they had been called to unless they forget their true purpose in life. And, and through this experience, Jesus teaches Peter and the other disciples with him uh, a few lessons about what it would mean to follow him after his resurrection. And I think that we can easily apply those lessons to our own lives as well. So let's go ahead and, and get out our Bibles this morning. Um, and turn them to uh, John chapter 21, um, and we're just going to walk through this story together uh, this morning. Um, so, uh, you know, Peter, he, he gets together his, his buddies, and he tells them, I'm going to go out to fish, and, and so they say, well, we'll go with you. So they, they go out, and they get into the boat, and that night they catch absolutely nothing. Um, now, uh, uh, we got fishermen in our midst this morning. If you consider yourself a fisherman, uh, a true fisherman, would you raise your hand? Okay, all right, so we got a few. I, I, I am not a true fisherman. I own a fishing pole, uh, and from time to time I like to try to take it out and pretend like I know what I'm doing, but I would not consider myself a fisherman. Uh, but I do enjoy the act of fishing. Uh, I'm just not good at it. Um, so, uh, but we got a few true fishermen. Uh, but, you know, even good fishermen will tell you that sometimes you go out and the fish just don't bite. Is that right? You know, I mean, you just, you catch nothing. Um, so that, that, was, that was one of the nights they were having. Man, they go out and they just catch nothing. Um, and so uh, early in the morning, uh, Jesus stands on the shore, um, but the disciples at that point didn't realize uh, that it was Jesus. So at this point, this is just some guy standing on the shore and he calls out to him, hey guys, have you caught any fish? And of course, I mean, at that point, that, that question is going to be pretty annoying, right? They're, and they just flat, you know, flat answer, no, right? Uh, and that's how any good fisherman would respond after a night of catching nothing. They'd just be frustrated and tired, and they just, no, right? Um, and so he says, if you caught you fish, no. And he said, well, throw your net on the, on the right side of your boat, and you'll find some. Now, at this point, still, they didn't know it was Jesus. They were probably like, well, thanks a lot, buddy. Hadn't thought of that, right? Um, and uh, so for whatever reason... Uh, Peter decides to listen to Jesus uh, and throw his net on the other side of the boat. And what 
happens, uh, but they were uh, unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish they caught. And I think at that moment, they were probably like, oh, hey, wait a second here. Wait a second, something's going on. Um, But I think the first lesson uh, that we can learn from this is that God will sometimes allow us to fail uh, when we attempt to abandon His purposes for the sake of pursuing our own. Okay? Um, So when we begin to kind of stray off course, right? I mean, in this case, it was the disciples kind of going back to what they knew um, instead of continuing to, to follow after Jesus, uh, he allowed them to fail. Um, and he kind of used that to get their attention. And it's the same for us. When we kind of veer off course, right, God will use, sometimes use failure to kind of get our attention um, and get us back on track. Um, so that's, that's kind of the first lesson uh, I think we can learn. And, and what's the proper response when we realize that God is trying to, to get our attention by allowing us to fail? It's simply to listen to Jesus. Because right when, when Peter listened to Jesus, that's when he caught the fish. And then, of course, as soon as he catches the fish, John perks up and he realizes what's going on because what he did was he, he remembered the, the story of their first call. When Jesus first called uh, those disciples in Luke chapter 5, right? He told them to cast their nets. They hadn't caught anything that night. And Peter goes, oh, well, because you say so, Jesus, I guess we'll do it. And when they did, they caught so many fish, the net started to break. And in that moment, Jesus brought them back to the moment that he first called them. And I think that's the second thing Uh, that God does for us in those moments when we start to veer off course, is he brings us back to the moment that he first called us so that we might call to mind what our true purpose is. And it's the same purpose that Jesus gave them when he first called them. He says, you will no longer fish for fish, but you will fish for people. People. Now, Dick was telling me he actually has a, a hat with a, a pin on it, and it's got a fishing lure, uh, but instead of hooks, he attaches crosses to it uh, as a sign that he is now a, a fisher for people. So Dick has you know, acknowledged that purpose, and that's just one of the tangible ways that he acknowledges that, and it's a good conversation starter with folks when they uh, meet him. Uh, so I appreciated him sharing that with me this morning. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the purpose that Jesus calls us back to, that each of us are supposed to remember. Because no matter who you are or what your story is, if you've come to Jesus, that is your sole purpose in life. And that purpose can reach into every other area of your life. We exist to glorify God, and one of the ways that we glorify God is by bringing other people along with us, by, by telling people about Jesus. And so, so Jesus will, will kind of use failure to bring us that realization that, hey, you're going off course here. You're, you're doing things on your own strength. You're trying to follow your own plan for your life. I need you to remember back to when I first called you. So when was that in your life? When was that in your life? You know, for me, uh, it was a retreat weekend. My, my freshman year of high school, and I, some of you know some of my story, but I was raised in the church. Um, you know, I, I always believed in Jesus, but it was really that weekend, my freshman year of high school, I went on that retreat and I began to understand not only that I was forgiven of my sin, but that my life wasn't about me. That it was about what God 
would do through me. Um, and that was when I, I began to surrender not only my heart, but my life to Jesus and allow him to start calling the shots on my life. And so when I get tempted to, to veer off course and to start pursuing my own will for my life, Jesus often calls me back to that first experience, that hour I first believed, and that hour that I first committed my life to following Jesus. And he reminds me, hey, your life is not about you. You're trying to do things on your own power, your own strength, pursue your own plan for your life, and that is not what I would have for your life. And so that's the second thing that Jesus does. He calls the disciples back to that hour they first believed by providing them with that catch. And as soon as, as Peter heard John say, it's the Lord, I mean, he, he doesn't waste any time. He puts on his outer garment, and he just jumps in the water and starts swimming ashore to Jesus because he was so excited to see Jesus. And that's just characteristic of Peter, the guy who, when Jesus was washing their feet, he initially uh, said, no, no. And then Jesus said, you know, whoever wants to become first of all must first become servant of all. And he says, well, Jesus, not, not only my feet, but my whole body, right? I mean, he was just that type of guy that if he was going to jump in, he was going to jump in head first, start swimming back to shore. And I want you to envision that of that moment when Jesus calls and, and, and you remember that hour you first believe and you just start swimming back to Jesus. You just start swimming back to Jesus to have breakfast on the beach with him. And that's exactly what we find when they return to shore. But I think that, that in this, in Jesus calling them back to their purpose, the third lesson that we can learn is that when we live out of obedience to Jesus instead of pursuing our own purposes, God will infuse purpose into what would otherwise be futile. All right, so God is going to give purpose to your life. You don't have to make it. You don't have to find it. He's going to give it to you, and it's going to be in wherever you currently are. Okay, it doesn't matter where you work. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what you do. God is going to give you purpose in your life. And you realize your call is to be fisher, a fisher of people, to glorify God in every area of your life. Um, you know, I, I had a, a terrible job in college. It was this customer support job where I was on the phone uh, doing customer support for vacuum cleaners. It was it was terrible. Um, you know, and, and like you're literally, you're, you're tethered to your desk. It was like a, a dog on a chain. You know, you can't go anywhere. You try to walk away from your desk and you like get, get your head caught by the cable on your headset. Um, so it was, it, was a, it was a terrible job. Um, and, uh, you know, but the cool part was about it um, was that I got to witness to some people I wouldn't have otherwise had the opportunity to witness to uh, when I had that job. Um, because the people who get those sorts of, of low-paying job, uh, jobs are college students um, and people who might have a rough backstory. A lot of the people I worked with had a rough backstory. They came from situations where they, they had broken homes, brokenness present in their lives, um, and they came to know me as, as the office Christian. Um, and so, you know, uh, they, they'd have questions for me from time to time. They'd give me a hard time. They'd be like, hey, Christian, you know, what do you think about this? And they'd give me a chance to just talk to them a little bit. Um, and, you know, I, I never really got preachy or anything, but they just kind of knew where I stood, and it was a good opportunity. But, you know, even in that junky uh, college job that I hated, and I didn't like anything about it, God was still able to, to use me in that season. And the point being, he can use you wherever you're at in your life. Right? God can infuse purpose into what would otherwise be futile. 
And that applies to your job, that applies to your relationships, that applies to your finances, applies to every area of your life. God will infuse purpose when you begin to accept His call on your life. When you begin to realize that your life is not about you. All right? So, uh, Peter and the disciples get to shore. The disciples are following along uh, behind the boat. They get to shore, um, and uh, Jesus has already made them breakfast. Okay? He didn't even need the fish they caught. He's already got his own. Okay? So he's sitting there on the beach. Um, and they, they saw a fire of, of burning coals uh, with fish on it. And we'll talk about the significance of the fire with burning coals next week. Um, but, but this week, um, I want to focus on the fact that Jesus made them breakfast already. Okay? So he had fish and he had bread prepared for them as soon as they got to the beach. And he said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught as well. All right, so he not only had made them breakfast, but he invited them to contribute what they had caught to the breakfast as well. Now, I think the first thing we can learn from this is that Jesus doesn't need our efforts. Okay, he doesn't, he's just fine on his own. Okay, um, you, you might have heard the saying that we're the hands and feet of Christ, and that is true, but that doesn't mean that Jesus can't lift a finger on his own if it weren't for us. Right? Jesus has the power. He has the strength. After all, he provided the catch. Right? When they were trying to do things on their own strength and power, they caught squat, and then Jesus shows up, and he changes everything, and they, they have this huge catch. So he provided the catch, he prepared the breakfast, and he invited them to bring their efforts to the table. So that means that all, it's all Jesus' work Jesus just invites us to participate, okay? So you've probably also heard it said, let go and let God. Well, we're not called to completely let go and just let God take over and do all the work. God actually calls us into active participation, right? So it's all Jesus' work. Jesus provided the catch. Jesus provided breakfast. But the, the disciples haul the catch in. Peter actually, uh, actually hauls the net in itself. And then Jesus invites them to contribute to the breakfast that he is already making. So God invites us to participate in the work that he is already doing. He invites our efforts. He invites our participation. But the work is his. And that puts our work into perspective. And any effort that, that we could have, that, that puts it all into perspective. Um, and, uh, and gives us uh, a sense of what it means to live out of that place Instead of continually feeling like, well, if I don't do this right, if, you know, if I mess this up, if I fail, it's, it's my, uh, my reputation on the line, it's myself on the line, whatever it is, right? That takes a lot of fear and anxiety out of life. That we're able to just trust and participate and do what Jesus says, and he's going to provide the catch. He's going to provide the meal. All right, so I think that, that really puts uh, our, our work into perspective, um, and especially when it comes to this sense of futility or meaninglessness. If you're struggling with that feeling in any area of your life, it could just simply be that God is trying to get your attention to let you know that there is an area of your life that you have not surrendered completely to Him. And that's a good thing. That's a way that God can, can use you to call you back to himself. So, you know, where, where is God kind of pointing that out in your own life and trying to call you back to that moment you first believed? You know, so that, that you can reclaim 
his call on your life to be a fisher of people and to participate in the work that God has for you to do, that he has prepared in advance for you to do. In John 10.10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You know, in order to experience that fullness of life that Jesus offers, we simply have to come to the end of our own vain striving, surrender our lives to Jesus, and simply do what Jesus says. So where do you need Jesus to show up futility in your life this morning? Where do you need Jesus to show up futility in your life? Maybe it's your job, it's your relationships, your family life, your finances, whatever it is for you. I just pray that Jesus would awaken you to whatever areas of your life are not surrendered to him, call you back to himself, and bring you into that place where you're living out of his will for your life and participating in his work. Can we pray about that? Let's pray. God, we just thank you for this word this morning. We thank you for the reminder that we don't have to be in control. God, that we don't have to make purpose. But Lord, our purpose has already been given to us by Jesus that we might be fishers of people. And so we thank you for that call that you place upon our life. We thank you for that purpose that, that is eternal, that, that is not fading, um, that, that is not subject to futility or meaninglessness. But Lord, that that purpose would just infuse every area of our lives with meaning that our call to be fishers of people, to glorify you in every area of our lives, uh, would just reach into every area. And Lord, if there is an area of our lives that is not surrendered to you, would you just allow us to fail in that area, to wake us up and bring us back to you, that we might discover the abundant life, the full life that you have in store for us in Jesus. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would forgive us for the times that we fail to trust, Would you forgive us for the times when we try to take matters into our own hands and pursue our will instead of yours? And would you just create in us hearts of willingness to respond to what it is that you would have us do that we might truly take up our cross and follow after Jesus all our days. And it's in his name we pray and all God's people said.